0: Hello, hello, and our special guest is Dr. Austin O'Brien. Austin, why don't you? Um, I know you've been on the podcast before, but why don't you refresh our memories? Give us a little background on you.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm an associate professor of computer science, also the program coordinator for our masters in computer science program. Uh, been here since 2015. Uh, kind of been working at building our artificial intelligence programs. Started with just kind of a few courses here and there, and then that kind of built into a minor for the computer science program, a specialization for the master's program, and then uh, the undergrad's just been growing, and we've added a full-on bachelor's uh, degree, bachelor's of science program, and uh, we're currently in the process of trying to get a master's going. So master's awesome. in artificial intelligence, so it should be fun. So Keeps you busy, right? Boy, howdy. Yeah, <laughs> but in a good way.
0: What has the process been like since you've kind of been here since inception of these artificial intelligence programs? How, how have they developed?
1: Right. Yeah. So uh, like I say, so starting with those courses, you know, we we're just trying to get a feel for it. You know, how well would those do with students who maybe don't have maybe uh, a lot of background in it, but are just interested in it? So that was kind of where we started. And from seeing how well they would do, we kind of saw what were the gaps in their knowledge that we need to fill in order for this program to be successful. So definitely an iterative process you know starting at the beginning and just adding more courses requiring you know more prerequisites for whatever those courses were because I think the interest is always there but Mm -hmm. you just don't want to put students in a position where they just can't perform and then they get frustrated so as uh, we just added a new iteration just this last year of just kind of changing the way the curriculum is Mm going to be so did that for the undergrad program and I think it's going to really go very well I think a lot of students are going to like the changes.
0: Okay and um the base of AI is kind of like computer science. Is that right? Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, when I think of artificial intelligence, I think of it kind of as being supported by uh, several different areas. Computer science definitely being one of those. And then another one, I think, kind of really traditional statistics Mm -hmm. uh, that you might see. So probability and, and statistics like that. And then uh, kind of the other one that we're really kind of starting to build it off on is, you know, philosophy and just kind of how does the mind work for people and how c- does that translate to trying to get computers maybe to do something similar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, technically for sure, computer science and then there's a strong, you know, data science, statistics side to it and then also kind of some theory. So
0: okay. <laughs> What do you do in the classroom to stay up to date because as we know this, Field is constantly changing, evolving, adding new.
1: No, absolutely. That's something definitely like one of the changes we've made because it was – of, a, I would say a little static when we first started to make the program mm-hmm. and at the lower levels I think that's fine because you're building the foundation. What do you need to know those that math and that stats that we were referring to how to program things of that nature. And then we saw that as the courses got to be towards the junior and senior level and kind of similarly in the master's program after they get that foundation you know we were looking at specific topics mm-hmm. and the problem that we were running into is that we were having specific topics that were based on the kind of the the interest or the skill set of the instructor who could teach at the time And that kind of pigeonholed uh, our courses a little bit, because if they were busy or if they left, that sort of thing, then we're kind of left holding the bag uh, Mm -hmm. to a certain degree. And that said, even if you taught something one year, one semester, just kind of like you're mentioning, a lot of things change. So one of the changes that we've implemented is that now we have a course that is just kind of... really just geared at artificial intelligence tools and different frameworks and that allows who's ever teaching the course to really mold it how they want it so it's rotating instructors every Uh year as well and so that gives students just a different look at what's going on in artificial intelligence and also gives the instructors to kind of reevaluate even that field you know because they might not teach it for another two years Uh or so and so that gives them that opportunity to freshen it up and look at it, see what direction it's going, and, and teach that. So I think it's a really good move. Uh, it it's just helps us stay very agile as far as that goes.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And so can you talk a little bit about how – Broad a term AI is because you know yeah. we we hear the basic news <laughs> things we hear ChatGTP mm-hmm. and Dolly two right and those kinds of things but it's a lot more encompassing than that oh, correct
1: yes yeah and that's the thing it is this huge umbrella that lots of different I would say algorithms and paradigms fall underneath and so trying to get someone to define it you know if you ask different people you're probably going to get different definitions you know me coming from more of a strict computer science uh, background, and then I have a pretty strong stats background myself. You know, I'm thinking it, thinking about it more uh, programmatically, thinking is you know programming and algorithms, things along those lines. You know, if you talk to someone in the bi- business office, you know they have artificial intelligence for organizations, so they're looking at more of an applied way of helping them make good business decisions using data to help uh, determine you know best courses of action and things along those lines. And you know. Just even in those disciplines, you could break those down you know, a lot. <laughs> and then, you know, when I thought of artificial intelligence myself growing up, you know, I, always, I, was, I was big into video games, things along those lines. So when I thought about artificial intelligence, I was just thinking is how well can the computer play against me mm-hmm. as a person? And so now it's just exploded in, in what it can mean, what it can do. So now, you know, a computer being able to visualize and recognize Either people or if you're talking about agriculture, recognizing, you know, disease on plants or or different, you know, bugs or th- you know, things uh-huh. along those lines. And then also self-driving cars, you know, being able to make good decisions in real time and, and things along those lines. So there's just so much when you just say artificial intelligence, you really can pick a subgenre and spend your whole life just trying to study that uh-huh. and, and further that type of topic and that's actually something that we uh, try to incorporate into our artificial intelligence program is we are actually requiring a minor and it can be from anywhere and so okay. that way if someone comes from you know music or you know is solid in math there's you know, those two different directions that they might be able to take it or apply it and that sort of thing so i think that's uh, something we wanted to do from the beginning and, and we're looking at more ways to get more people incorporated into artificial intelligence not so much from a technical side but more from how can people use it in their discipline even their everyday lives and i think that's something you know me coming from a technical background it's almost a challenge to see okay how can we you know put this in, in a different put a different spin on it so that someone mm-hmm. can use it and i think even then there's a lot of research and in tool building, and making AI usable for a lot of people, so so a lot of the art that you've, you, mm-hmm. I think you referenced at one point, you know, trying to make those tools for artists and things like that. You know, I think there's, uh, I think there's a lot of work at trying to make the connection with the technical folks and the artists. Mm-hmm. What do they want? What do they don't want? You know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And there's that whole other aspect side to it, the societal aspect that we gotta always try and keep in mind. So so it's always it's always moving. It's a moving target. We get excited about something and then realize, well, maybe that's not the best way to move forward. And so there's always there's always things to think about.
0: It's been probably almost two years since we've talked last hmm. on cyberology. So what have been some of those changes <laughs> that you've dealt with over the last couple of years?
1: Absolutely. So uh, so the thing that we were kind of seeing is a little bit a little bit what I was talking about. Making sure they had a solid enough foundation. So that if they wanted to apply the artificial intelligence to what they were doing, they had to know a certain amount, a certain amount, excuse me, of like that statistics and math. At the same time, we don't want to get them so deep into that that it alienates other people who don't have you know the background to go into that or something like that. So really trying to find that balance has been the big thing right now. And right now we are leaning on having people take more of that math. And kind of separating that, and I think we're going to add a new track where we're allowing people who don't have that background to kind of get into more of this applied tool set and what have you. So that's something we're kind of in the mix of right now. So really kind of trying to get a feel for what students liked, what they didn't like about the program. I think that's where what we've been doing, trying to collect data so that we can make uh, good decisions moving forward.
0: And that kind of offers a customizable ability to... Yeah,
1: yeah, to a certain degree, right? Absolutely. So it's, uh, you know, talking with other faculty on campus, there's this idea of, you know, artificial intelligence doesn't have to be a Beacom thing. You know, we'd mm-hmm. really like it to be for all the different colleges on campus. And so we've been in talks with them, like adding AI tracks to different degrees, whether that be education, um you know, the different uh, sports science programs that they have up there. There's just lots of avenues for that. So formalizing it in a way that works for students who are going into those and not just like, say, taking the artificial intelligence, you know, uh, major and then trying to apply it to this other field, Uh but actually being in their field and then trying to get these AI tools, understanding how they work, how to use them, how to interpret the results, and use the results, that's kind of the direction that we're trying to head into.
0: Integration kind of versus like a takeover. Exactly, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Make it usable for people. That's important.
0: And why is it so important um, to kind of include all these other fields and Mm -hmm. perspectives Mm -hmm. and kind of keeping that wide breadth of People involved.
1: Right, yeah, and I, I think it's just, you know, like you say, artificial intelligence, like you said earlier, is just so ubiquitous. Ubiquitous, there we go. <laughs> in, in, in recent years, especially with ChatGPT and Dolly and various other things, a lot of people who have, you know, just heard about art, artificial intelligence as a side thing are really now becoming engrossed, a part of their lives. You know, the, the vehicles you drive. Uh, the writing tools that you use in school, f- either for doing English, math, art, music, it's in everything anymore. So helping people understand how they work and letting them then build off of that, mm-hmm. I think, is incredibly important. In order to actually make things better, you gotta have to know how it works in the first place. So trying to incorporate that in all areas, I think, is incredibly important. And then from there, you know, like I say, I I, I think there is sometimes a disconnect bef- between people making algorithms. And then seeing how it's actually being applied for Mm -hmm. whatever, for good or bad. And so trying to get other people involved helps bridge that communication gap. And by doing that, you might have technical people retool how the algorithms work, maybe, Mm -hmm. to a a certain degree, excuse me, uh, perhaps. And, And so that just really makes everything better overall. So we're trying to look at society as a whole. You know, that's a big target the shoot at, but then also, you know, trying to help the people, I think, who are building the algorithms, and then in turn, also helping the folks who are using them, mm-hmm. trying to encompass this big picture.
0: Okay. And so, how do you um, deal with, like, the negative connotations that get associated with AI? Sure.
1: Well, yeah, I think the important part is to actually not just... Uh, you know, just say that everything is great. I think it's important to acknowledge that because you can't make something better if you don't acknowledge something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think seeing that, you know, like with uh, with the art, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. the data uh, that was used to train those algorithms was found to be from folks uh, who creative. weren't... Yeah, the creative people who weren't, uh, I guess, credited with that or, mm-hmm. you know, paid, or so that opens this whole new avenue of, well, you know, what are the ethics of using data? Um, where did you get it from? And, mm-hmm. you know... Do you have the rights to that? And that opens this whole, whole new can of worms. And and that's you know that's just one aspect of it. There's also there's there are definitely a lot of things that need to be addressed. I think you know how does the workforce look like in the future? You okay. know, uh, AI is meant to be something that automates tasks quickly. Um, you know, so a lot of it you know primarily is supposed to be kind of the. You know, it doesn't maybe take a lot of brain power, but can automate that. But now we're seeing that with ChatGPT, people are using it to automate something that would require a lot of thought process mm-hmm. and things like that. But we're also seeing that that's kind of getting folks in trouble a little bit. Uh, you know, there's different stories of where a lawyer tried to use it and it just the what ChatGPT put out just was not correct. Mm-hmm. And so uh, found themselves in a little bit of hot water. So I think, I, I think that we're kind of getting to a phase where, the initial shock of what GPT can do has starting to rest a little bit and we're seeing that there are faults to it and we have to think about that when we're using it. I still think it's a good thing to use. You know, as a computer science instructor, you know, we do a lot of coding and programming. Mm -hmm. Well, you can ask ChatGPT to write code for you and it will just do that. And so that's something that we have to think about. It's like, okay... Now how much of it do we want to let students use it as a tool because it is a mm-hmm. tool it's something that they could use But at the same time, you know, if they're not learning that material if someone asks them to make something new Chat GPT, Exactly yeah. ChatGPT won't be able to do it for them They won't know how to do that and then that looks bad for them at work And that looks bad for DSU because they came from us and so there's that whole uh, domino effect that we have to think about. And that's not just for coders. That's for writers. That's for Absolutely. all fields. Yeah,
0: I think it's one of those things where you learn it's a great, like, brainstorming tool or, like, right. maybe helping revise some ideas and things like that. But you still have to do the work yourself.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I always tell my students, use it for inspiration, you know, if for maybe to give you some direction. And then go from there. And even got to be careful with the sources. (laughs) Yes. Because it'll it'll tell you that it cited it from this, and then you find that book or webpage does not exist. (laughs) So it's kind of interesting. So uh, verify everything that you get from there if you're going to use it. But even then, I just tell my students, use it for inspiration. And I I think it's great for that. I've actually Mm -hmm. used it a lot for that sort of thing, Uh, just how to write different papers, how to you know, do things myself, and then I usually kind of use it to help me give direction to something a little more solid, like a, you know, a a website, or even just, you know, me just writing something down, and things like that, so I think it's a great tool that way, but just, uh, we just got to be careful with that, but, oh, go ahead.
2: How do you go about, like, setting regulations for that kind of thing, or how do you more or less note, okay, you can use it, but only for certain aspects. So beyond those aspects, how do you realize, okay, maybe this was chat
1: GPT or right. some
2: other? Sure. Yes. How
0: does that impact you in the classroom? yeah
1: <laughs> well, Right, exactly. That's the big talk we're all having right now, to be honest. Like, uh, a DSU as a whole, as of this time, does not have a policy for chat GPT. The Beacon College came out with one mm-hmm. um, on our own and basically said for, at least at this time, it's kind of up to the instructor. How do they, which is kind of good because it gives you that control in the classroom. And because some instructors are like, great, use it as a tool. And kind of like me, use it as a tool, use it for inspiration. But if you copy and paste, it's not going to work out. And the thing is, is that ChatGPT, just the way that it's built, it does have a very, I'm I'm not going to say unique, but a very structured way at the way the output comes out. Like, if you ask it uh, certain questions, it usually comes out in bulleted lists, I find, for yeah. me, or things along those lines. So
0: it kind of has some tells Yes, if students yeah. were to take that <laughs> and copy-paste.
1: Exactly, yeah. And sometimes the code, just the way that it's structured, it's very odd. Like, you, you wouldn't see a person do that. Or if you did, you might ask them, like, why did you do decide to do this? You know, that sort of thing. And so there are certain tells uh, that you have. But even then, you know, the tells aren't 100%. So you got to be careful with that. I think... As instructors, I think we have to be careful not to just accuse somebody of using ChatGPT just straight off the bat, even if it might look that way. We got to be, you know, cognizant and, and thinking about those things. But, uh, but you know, like you say, uh, we do have tools out there that definitely help. Uh, like I know on D2L, they there is they built something into it that says we have we think with this probability that this was written by an AI. And again, it's just a tool. We shouldn't just take that at face value, but there's there's automated tools that do that. And then, like I say, me, myself, as an instructor, I've kind of seen it, uh, like uh, teaching a course this summer, where it was pretty obvious, you know, somebody mm-hmm. was using a tool like that. So, you know, coming back to the original question, I'm trying to remember how you phrased it exactly. Um, I don't know if I answered it right, though. So, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember? I think
2: you hit the main points. I don't... Uh, if I try to go back and word it <laughs> exactly how I did it before, it won't be the right. same. But sure, sure. it's just like how, like how do you go about setting those regulations? Like there knowing, right? They used it for the brainstorm, but then how do you know that they didn't go beyond that and use it for, you yeah? Know, face
1: and value? you know, at the end of the day, I won't lie to you. You probably can't. You know, I don't want to pretend that we will be able to tell for sure always when somebody did. Uh, but you know, that's just. I mean, but it's always been that way. Like I say, coming from computer science and coding background, there's a website called uh, Stack Overflow, and its whole thing is, you know, if somebody asks, how do I do this in code, somebody puts it out there, and a lot of people copy and paste it and use that. So that, it's, it's been around for a good long time, and I'm sure that's the same. We're writing papers, doing other things, you know. It's just another source for that to happen, I suppose, and then... Uh, but honestly, I think it has a little bit more of a tell, like you say. I think it has its own structure to it, so, so I think it. I, I don't think it's hardly impossible to tell when somebody's using it. Uh, but you know, I, I, but I don't think that's a new problem. Mm-hmm, you know, right. and you know, I it honestly reminds me a lot of when Wikipedia first came out. <laughs> like it's it's deja vu. Yeah, that was for like a big, yeah. a big deal all over. Right? Oh yeah, it's like well, people are just going to copy and paste from this. They're not going to get any original ideas and. And, you know, that's true to a certain degree, but then, you know, people, we learn to use it as a tool, learn how to, you know, what's acceptable for its use, what's not. This is a
0: starting point. Are there reputable resources Oh, there you go, right?
1: And everybody can change it at any time. And now it's just with, with the chat, it's just kind of an automated process. So again, you just got to verify. Uh, honestly, at this point, I think it's less trustworthy and almost more problematic. But but it's it's being updated all the time, so it's getting better and better and better, which I think is a good thing. So,
0: yeah. to add on to that, I'm curious about tool AI tools like say Grammarly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure I read an article somewhere where a student got accused of using AI to write their paper because they used Grammarly to sure. help them
1: clean right. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: so where does that fall in things because I would say that they're just using a tool to improve upon right. their own words. How is that? Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. And that really comes down to, you know, just you just my thought, you know. I think that comes down to instructor by instructor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the same in the same vein that comes down to somebody using a calculator to do math. They could do it by hand, but or they could just punch the numbers into a calculator, get that answer and move mm-hmm. on. With writing papers, it really kind of depends, though, what is the purpose of writing the paper? You know, with math, it's a very precise thing. I need this exact number, and I'm going to run mm-hmm. with it. With writing a paper, maybe you're asked to express your thoughts about an idea. And if your thoughts are just some automated computer's thoughts, well, that I don't think that fits the assignment or fits your goals mm-hmm. or what you're trying to do. But I think the idea of cleaning something up, I think that is absolutely okay in my mind, right? your yeah. thoughts are there. You're just trying to make it more presentable. And even mm-hmm. then, that can be used as an educational tool. because Exactly, because you you're wrote.
0: picking up the grammatical errors exactly. that you may yeah. not yeah. have realized. And
1: seeing that fixed in real time. And I mean, that's very similar to sending it to an editor mm-hmm. and having them fix it. But you get that instant feedback, something to learn from. As long as you're using it that way, it then, <laughs> yep. then I think you're fine. So,
0: yeah. So what does the future look like? Yeah,
1: uh, it's always moving, right? So it's kind of that crystal ball. The, the the smoke is swirling. So, <laughs> so uh, I think the big thing is, you know, we're seeing what it's kind of capable of, and we're also seeing its faults. So by being thrust in the limelight as it has, is something that's truly applicable at this point, where it really hasn't been available to people before. I think, like you say, the the regulation the tool sets how do we make tool sets for people and where do we kind of set this tool set as maybe as educational tools or uh you know what what's the copyright law is going to look like things along those lines i think that's it's kind of starting to come to legislature administrators things along those lines that it really hasn't in a long time for the actual tech side of it itself uh you know this' it's we're it's always being improved on methodologies. Mm-hmm. You know, like you say, seeing ChatGPT where it does fail. and But at the same time, it is kind of amazing how fast it's improving. Mm-hmm. Like, I asked it to write uh, some code that would be impossible to actually write or it just would never work. And it pumped it out when it, like when it, uh, the ChatGPT was first made available. It pumped it out. And, of course, it didn't actually work. I do that now, and it tells me that. It's smart enough to say, like, hey, you can't write code to mm-hmm. do that. That's an impossibility. So it's definitely getting better and better at a much faster speed than I would have expected, which it tends, well, which is almost to be expected. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? <laughs> like yeah. the increase in speed is is something that's always happened, uh, you know, and uh, getting better all the time. So you know, where does it go? It like I say, it's almost going to be up to a legislature. I think sooner rather than later because there's the big worry about you know what are people's jobs where do security yeah mm. where do where do where does that fit into the whole thing and i think we really need to get ahead of that instead of trying to play catch up or there could be you know pretty pretty rough consequences so i think that And i think
0: there have the been some instances where people have tried to push off something into like you know chat GDP messaging where they've sent out a message mm. that was formulated in there, and it did not go over well.
1: <laughs> yeah. so it's a,
0: oops, maybe we can't just outsource everything to ChatGPT.
1: Right, yes, absolutely. It's, it's definitely growing pains, right? You know, and that's, and that's part of it. And that's, so it's a natural part of the process, I guess I would say that. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's anything to be afraid of. I think it's something, though, that we have to always be thinking about and trying to stay ahead of. I think that's kind of the more important part of it. So, yeah, I, you know, that's kind of my nutshell. Okay. <laughs>
0: And how do other industries impact AI?
1: Yeah, I mean, so that's like the application, right? You know, they're trying to, you know, determine how useful something is. So it's, it's, uh, you know, being here in South Dakota, the I, th- I think the number one economy is agriculture. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm uh, pretty sure it's way up there. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, using AI for that, you know, it's, it's, uh, at, you know, at one point we're trying to optimize yield for crops Uh and and cattle and things but then do we we want to make sure we're not you know pushing out family farmers you know the cost of these tractors is very high i can't even imagine yeah and then putting ai in them just really increases that and then also makes it more difficult to uh fix or repair at home service Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so there's a lot of issues there that we got to be thinking about, but it, it's kind of exciting on one point. But then we just got to make sure we, we we know what we're doing as we're taking these steps. And sometimes you don't, but you gotta you know give it a shot, see what happens. So, uh, so that's you know just kind of one area. You know, uh, forming
0: partnerships with those industries to get right. proper expertise mm-hmm. as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. A creative industry, I think, is a huge one. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of animation in general. And so, you know, I think AI really helps increase the speed at which you can do animation, Mm -hmm. things along those lines, but then you got people that was their job, you know, how does that fit? Do they become the people who now use the tools and can just do more output? Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of something to think about. I just don't know enough about the industry to say there. But I think AI being used in all of these industries, I think, is really something that's going to be exciting to see, Mm -hmm. how it all takes off. Uh, But I know, like... Screenwriters Guild and and just kind of Hollywood in general, you know, there's that's something that they're going through right now Mm -hmm. And I think we're I know a lot of people are watching and seeing where that goes Um, yeah, AI for automated bots and uh, Factories has been around for a good long time, but it's now just it's just taking that extra step You know what can an automated process do that it had to be a human before Mm -hmm. so that's another area that we have to think about you know where are these people where are their jobs going Certainly. is it something that they could now use as a tool or is it something they're going to be replaced with uh that's a big concern and then being able to also maybe get them training you know talking about the ai for all i think that's why i stress that so much because mm-hmm. then that helps them find their place in all of this as it moves forward and gets bigger and bigger and bigger something we really got to think about
0: for sure, and I think ironically, back to the Hollywood stuff, the Writers Guild and the Actors, mm. I believe um, Black Mirror had an episode that was pretty,
1: <laughs>
0: pretty on point yeah. for um, the use of AI in creative industry to replace humans altogether. Oh Wow, I
1: haven't, I haven't caught up with Black Mirror yet. It's on the list. so <laughs> Definitely then, yeah. recommend it. <laughs> awesome, good. <laughs> I will find it. Okay,
0: so what haven't we talked about that we should highlight?
1: Anything? Oh, that's a really good question. Um yeah, I I don't know. It's it's uh it's it's such a big thing. You know, I'm almost interested to hear what other people have to mm-hmm. say when you know, when we're talking about artificial intelligence, you know, I get asked all the time and you know, I'm just thinking from more of a technical aspect, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So I always get curious what someone who's not just enveloped in it, you know, mm-hmm. just in it all the time you know what are their initial thoughts and then that kind of helps me kind of think about those things as well maybe answer questions mm-hmm. that sort of thing so you know not to put you on the spot or nothing but uh, you know I've had a I, I've been to a few invited talks one of them was in Danebod, mm-hmm. which is in Minnesota it was mm-hmm. really interesting uh, the, the majority of the folks there I would say were uh, older than me I'm, I'm 40 right now so it's kind of an older crowd and it was, a, it was supposed to be, uh, you know, like a 50-minute talk mm-hmm. about me just talking. It turned into a discussion for an hour and a half where they had to cut it off. Like, it <laughs> could have kept going on forever. But it was really interesting because they were, you know, they weren't afraid of it. They weren't, you know, uh, trying to shun it or anything. They were more interested about what it can do, what it can do for them, mm-hmm. for the average person, and then also, techno- you know, technologically, what's, you know, the really neat, cool, magic thing mm-hmm. coming out of it. So I think that really showed that it's affecting people in all dynamics, uh, in all areas. And uh, so I'm, I'm always interested to hear what other people have to say. So <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, do you have any thoughts on it or Questions? Uh, well, you've been asking questions yeah. the whole time. So, <laughs> so I don't know if that's really fair. But
0: but uh, I, I don't know. I think AI is a fascinating topic. I think there are um, endless uses for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Exactly as you said, it's just finding how to weave those in, um, making sure that we're still taking care of the humans of the world. Right. And making sure everyone's taken care of in that regard. But, I mean, why not utilize tools that can help us do things quicker and faster? And
1: There you go. Yeah. And that's been something that's been going on forever. Exactly. So. <laughs> we're always looking
0: for the yeah. best way to do something, right? It works harder, not harder.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so I think it's something that's always been with us. It's just at a much faster pace. Mm -hmm. So I think with that faster pace, we have to be thinking about it. And then, you know, you know, one, at one point you asked me, what are the negatives and stuff like that? You know, with, there's a lot with cybersecurity and you could think about military and warfare. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing that we definitely have to be very transparent about on the ball. Everybody kind of has an idea what's going on. It's kind of like, uh, you know like with nuclear warheads with mm-hmm. the last generation. I think that's something that has to be weaponized artificial intelligence I think because if, if 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 it's not transparent man, it's just it just becomes a fear factory, And that's just something you got to be careful of you know mm-hmm. What is it actually capable of doing and how does one protect themselves? How does a nation protect themselves? I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing that people worry about and I think that's uh, something that I think governments must take charge of and be uh, at least transparent with what they're using it for, what they're doing with it. And there's obviously roadblocks in that, but just something I think some of that's important. Mm-hmm.
0: So absolutely. Um, so I did want to touch on one other thing. Uh, am I right that you've been involved in some AI research with the Sweden AI project? Uh, yes, yes,
1: yes, absolutely. Can you speak
0: a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so that started uh, not this last summer, but the one before. Our uh, president, uh, Dr. Griffiths, uh, she uh, actually, was out there in Europe, uh, and she is on a lot of artificial intelligence uh, boards and advisory committees and things like that. And so she got to meet with some of the folks in this AI Sweden, and, and it's kind of a, a semi-nationalized lab. And so you know they get a lot of funding from their uh, from their government, but there's also uh, to a certain degree industry, a lot of industry partners who are a, a part of it. And so they wanted to get, you know, uh, you know, talking with Dr. Griffiths, they kind of formed this relationship and kind of we had a meeting with a lot of our faculty and asked if we'd want to get students involved. And it's really cool because the students were getting about half from DSU, half from Sweden. And so we ship them all to the Sweden lab <laughs> and they worked there for the first half of it for about four weeks And The cool part is is they're working directly with like industry partners. So Volvo is you know a car company in Sweden So they work directly with them Um, lots of others Dell HP uh, Working with those and then uh, and then so also coming back and working with partners here in the US uh, agriculture things along those lines and so they get to work directly with with people here uh, in these projects and they do a really great job. They're working with, you know, both artificial intelligence, but then also kind of the cybersecurity angle to the things, you know, how can you make the AI mess up, perhaps, things along those lines.
0: And how do you secure it so that someone can't
1: there you go. hack yeah. in and
0: do it themselves?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So researching both the offense and the defense kind of gives you that leg up. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. And they've done some really great things the last two years. They have a lot of fun. The Swedish students really like visiting Madison, which is cool. Uh, An interesting, our students obviously like visiting Sweden, a whole new country, and it's it's been a lot of fun, and it's been growing, and we really are just adding more and more students to it every year as we go through.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Okay. Any other questions you have,
2: Lily? I kind of thought of one going back. It's going back a little bit to (laughs) what we talked about earlier and trying to get, like, ahead of AI instead of playing Mm catch-up. If you... Think about AI as something that is like exponentially evolving. How do you get in front of something like that?
1: Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's, uh, and that is kind of, I think, one of the bigger worries both in sci fi and then even kind of now as we're seeing, like you say, things improving so quickly. So, how do you actually do that? I think, you know, when folks who are creating these algorithms, I think they need to be. Careful in their application is let out into the world. I think you need to do a lot of testing in-house Seeing what it's capable of what it's not capable of, you know, that's this kind of you know an in-house method But then like you say legislature, I think they need to be very aggressive about what is You know, I guess what is what you know what folks think is allowed what's not allowed? but you know the whole idea uh, of what artificial intelligence is doing as it keeps getting better and better is that one day it will surpass you know the human intellect and you know so what happens after that point and then that's the whole thing is I no idea (laughs) (laughs) nobody knows yeah Yeah, you know it it comes down to motivation right you know a lot of people worry that well if the ai is smarter than us it'll get rid of us but why would an ai do that what's its motivation you know it's going to be completely different for uh you know a computational entity
0: to have a motivation to
1: do anything, yeah, you know, what does it want to do? So it has to have a goal in the first place that we would have to be in the way of. But then it would think, okay, well, I have to get rid of us. But then it would have to have the ability. So there's a lot of extenuating circumstances that would. Yeah. So I mean, personally, I'm not losing any sleep at night. It's always good to hear from (laughs) you. Being into it, you know, to a certain degree, it's definitely something I think about. But I think as long as you know, like you say, our administrators, our industry partners, our governments are thinking about this, and I, you know, I feel better about it. Mm -hmm. And I think what ChatGPT has really threw it into the limelight, and I think that helps a lot uh, with bringing that awareness to it. Mm -hmm. So.
0: Well, um, if people have any questions for you or are interested in it, and further details about the AI programs, what how can they reach out? What can they do?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, my email address is austin.obrien at dsu.edu. Um, you can find that. You know, just go into the DSU website. You can search for faculty and staff. So, just type in Austin or O'Brien. Should be able to find me without any issues. Uh, but uh, yeah, or just drop it in the office. I'm in mean, East Hall. So, uh, happy uh, to help anyone who wants to come by and talk about it. So, we have lots of cool students doing undergraduate research uh, just as projects, mm-hmm. um, and same with graduate students, uh, and we have some funding, we have hardware resources, because AI is very computationally mm-hmm. uh, expensive, means it takes a long time uh, to, to churn out good results or train models and things like that. So, so uh, if, if you have a project in mind, come talk to me, we'll see what we can do. So. Oh, very cool.
0: <laughs> Well, I'm sure we will be uh, reaching out again for maybe an update <laughs> later this year yet. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
1: um, cool.
0: And thank you so much for being our yes, guest thank today. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Glad to
1: help. It was this a was great fun.
0: conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe.